Welcome to the Write Something Worthy podcast, where we teach emerging authors how to ditch the fear, confusion, and overwhelm of writing a bestseller-worthy non-fiction book. And now, your host, Tonya Brockett. Greetings, Tonya here, and this week I want to talk to you about the difference between a manuscript evaluation and a manuscript edit. I was speaking with a client the other day who needed clarification between what a manuscript evaluation does and provides and what a copy edit does and provides. They wanted to know if after their evaluation they could skip the edit and move on to the rest of the publishing process. The answer is no. Today, once we define what each of these services are, you'll understand how a nonfiction author can use them to their advantage when they want to write something worthy. Let's first start with the manuscript evaluation. This is appropriate after you've done all that you know how to do with your manuscript. You've given it your best shot. You've cleaned it up as best you know how. But when you're unsure whether your manuscript is ready for the editing process, ready for publication, or ready for your reader, a manuscript evaluation can help you to address those concerns. The manuscript evaluation is often an overall look at your manuscript to assess its strengths, opportunities, its alignment with your goals, and what level of edit will be required to make it a publishable work. So you'll submit the entire document in one file. Um, there may be extra fees, by the way, if your word count exceeds you know, 60,000 words. But you'll want to include your table of contents and all of your chapters and and everything with your manuscript in one file to determine its readiness for the remainder of the publishing process. And as a side note, you can have a partial evaluation if you know you have like a weak chapter or a section of your book that you're just not sure how to handle. You can submit just that for an evaluation as well. This feedback, though, from your evaluation is typically provided to you in a, in a short report, up to five pages or so, and that won't include the sample edit that may come with it. I know at Halogen Inc., our manuscript evaluation also includes a free sample edit. So ideally, when I'm doing a sample edit, I like to know who the manuscript's ideal reader is and what the goal of the writer is and what the intention of the book or its benefit to the reader is. So when I have those three things, you know, which actually happen to be the first three steps in Bebop, the Brocket book outline process at outlineyourbooks.com, it really helps me to evaluate whether the manuscript in its current state will help the writer to achieve those goals. So if your manuscript as presented doesn't lend itself to serving your ideal reader, then we need to rework the manuscript so that it does achieve that goal. 
And if the manuscript does not provide a clear benefit that the writer is intending, then again, we need to rework the manuscript to make it so. And if the writer's goal is not going to be achieved by the manuscript presented, then we need to either reestablish that goal or restructure the manuscript so that it fits that goal. So let me give you an example of how these scenarios might play out. When the manuscript comes in and it doesn't lend itself to serving the ideal reader, there's a disconnect, right? And it might be that, um, here's an example. You, you may be an academic or uh, say a, a PhD in philosophy or something, and your intention is to help enlighten your readers so that they can understand some transformational concept. Your manuscript may provide great information about how that transformation can take place, but it may be written at a level for your peers or other academics or others in your field and not to the layperson who's trying to understand it. So in this example, knowing that your ideal reader is, let's say, a women between the age of 35 and 45 who pause their careers to have children and live in suburban America and are uh, seeking to live their best lives, you can't target your writing to your male counterparts in the philosophy department who studied the concept for the past 25 years, right? You have to write to your audience. And the one thing that a manuscript evaluation can help you to identify is whether you are achieving that objective. Now let's look at the goal of the writer. What's your goal? What is your intention with this book? If your desire is to end up on hmm, the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, then the fact that your man's manuscript only has 10,000 words, no clear marketing category, and you want to publish next month, those won't allow you to reach that goal. So knowing what it is that you want to achieve and seeing the manuscript that you created it can help us to determine whether you are in alignment with that goal. In another example, if you want to use your book uh, for back-of-the-room sales in your speaking engagements, then your book needs to represent the quality of your presentation and the credibility of your work and you know what you're presenting to your audience. You want to write a book that is in alignment with boosting your credibility, showing your expertise, and leaving the audience with more so that if they want to follow on with you or get back in touch with you after your presentation, they can do that. So if your book doesn't achieve that, then we need to make some changes to see that it does. Last example, let's look at the benefit that you want your reader to be able to gain as a result of reading your book. What do you want your reader to know? What, what do you want them to, to gain, get from, or what do you want the book to do for your ideal reader after they read it? And does that manuscript that you pre presented to me, does it do that? So will the reader be able to do whatever it is that you've set up for him? For example, Let's say that you want your reader to be able to write a business plan after they have read your book. 
If that's so, you can't just give a brief overview of each phase of the business planning process. You've got to give the detail that will allow them to actually write the plan. Yes, they will need to see the whole picture of the plan, but they also need to understand what each section of the plan is designed to convey, what content it needs to include, and what tables, reports, and spreadsheets are needed to support it, etc. So understanding the benefit that your book will provide to or give for your reader will determine whether or not your manuscript evaluation will come back strong or with greater opportunities for improvement. So those are just some of the examples of what a manuscript evaluation can help you with. And that's the bigger picture view. You know, there's so much more. Uh, it can address the structure, the mechanics, the and, and other editorial issues. For example, uh, the editor may provide a report that um, includes the strength of your manuscript, some of the opportunities for improvement, areas or, or gaps in content. And as I mentioned earlier, it may include a sample edit to show the editorial impact of the manuscript and the recommendations of what would be required to bring the manuscript up to publishable levels. That evaluation also could include recommendations for global changes or theme changes, adjustment to the narrative and how it's directed and other general editorial or grammatical issues that may need to be changed throughout the manuscript. What's great about that, by the way, if you get that in an editorial report, you can pull it out every time you write each new book so that you can remember what you tend to do and what you can do to fix it before you even start. So for example, one example, talking about the global changes, um, can be as simple as removing all the double spaces after terminal punctuation and replacing it with only one space. <laughs> You'd be amazed at how many pages you can reduce your manuscript by with this one simple action. I tell you, it is absolutely amazing. Or, you know, another one might be that um, using a page break command between chapters instead of paragraph returns. Those are one of the global changes that you can make with a change and replace command. And it's better if you do these things prior to sending your full manuscript to your copy editor when the time comes. So whatever you can do to improve the quality of your manuscript prior to submission to your copy editor will decrease the overall cost that you have to incur because your editor won't have to go through the entire manuscript to do these things. So if you know that you always misspell the word restaurant and your book is about business planning for a restaurant, then you might want to do a find and replace for the common misspelling and replace it with the accurate spelling. Or better yet, use the autocorrect tool in Microsoft Word, for example, to correct the misspelling for restaurant as you type. So it's a simple thing, yes, but it saves time and money later. 
Now, the bigger changes that might be discovered in your manuscript may include whole chapters that really need to be addressed between one and another. You know, for example, let's say that you're sharing a theory about manifestation through quantum physics and you have a, a seven-step process for doing so, but you only address five steps in the manuscript. Where are the other two? Are they truly relevant? Are they essential for the reader to understand or learn in order to achieve the goal at the end of reading that book? And if so, let's get those chapters written and added to the manuscript. If not, adjust the current content to just be five steps instead of seven. You'll be amazed at how many times holes like this appear in a manuscript during a manuscript evaluation. In a nutshell, though the manuscript evaluation is designed to ensure that your manuscript is ready for the editing process. It focuses on the content, the structure, the mechanics, and making sure that you've addressed all that you had intended to and laid out in your table of contents. If your editor provides a list of recommendations in your manuscript evaluation and the written assessment, then plan to make those changes, including those global find and replace changes that you can make throughout the entire manuscript before submitting your manuscript to your copy editor. It will require, yes, that you'll have to reread your entire manuscript one more time before you submit it to your copy editor. But you want to make sure that any of those changes that you made were done effectively and correctly. So if you're now clear that you need a manuscript evaluation, you can request one now by going straight to tanyaloves.me forward slash ms eval. I'll have a link in the show notes as well. But after payment, it'll take you straight through to the next steps. If you know that there are some like, likely weaknesses or things that you just want to make sure that you have the right flow and the right content for the right audience, then go ahead and, and seek that evaluation. It will reduce your overall issues and uh, concerns in the edit process. So let's assume that you have the proper content in place for your book and you've cleaned it up and made all the recommended ch changes for your manuscript evaluation. Now you can move into the copy editing phase. Every book to be published should have a professional edit and every good writer deserves a great editor. Remember, our focus here at Write Something Worthy is to write something worthy. So no matter how many books you've written and no matter how many publishers you've worked with, you will always need to have your manuscript edited before publishing a book. One client of mine was surprised to hear that I even have you know, someone else on my team edit the book that I write. But I recognize the importance of a quality edit. And I want you to recognize it too. After all, your name, your credibility, your reputation, they're all on the line when you publish a book. 
So make a good impression. Now, in the edit process, your editor will ensure that your book uses the best text, the best structure and flow possible to convey your message to that ideal reader. It ensures that your book meets the industry standards and that it presents well. And after your edit, the errors in grammar, spelling, syntax, punctuation will hopefully be eliminated. And your sentences will flow better and meet your reader's needs. And your manuscript will also have consistency, coherency, and clarity. During the edit, your editor is going to apply industry standards that are outlined in the Chicago Manual of Style and word choices in the Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary to help you to look your best and to be consistent using standards that the industry recognizes as top choice. They may also use a style sheet to help you to keep track of words and conventions that are used in your manuscript to ensure that consistency. So if you hyphenate uh, an open compound in, in chapter one, but leave it as just an open compound in chapter six, your editor is going to flag that and address it throughout so that that word will be used consistently. Your editor will read through your manuscript line by line to ensure that each word, each sentence, punctuation mark, and word style is properly used in its context. By the way, you know, if your editor provides you with a style sheet after the completion of your edit, pull it out every time you write a book so that you can stay on track each time. You'll know those things that you tend to do or um, mix up or use inconsistently so that you can watch it as you're writing your next book. Absolutely helpful tool. And it's a good learning tool, too, because you'll learn some things about writing and word choice that you hadn't anticipated. So if you're not sure whether to set magazine titles in italics or quotation marks, your editor knows. Flipping back and forth between spelling out numerals and using numbers under 100, your editor will fix that. Calling chapter 7 one thing in the text and something else in the table of contents? your editor will find, fix, or query that. And using the wrong homophone in your opening chapter, yeah, you guessed it. Your editor is going to help you with that. Your editor has your back. And though I recommend that you do a spell check of your full manuscript before you submit it to your editor, it is not enough. You cannot publish a book where you just run a spell check and nothing else. Spellcheck is not going to find those homophones that I talked about in episode 13 on this Write Something Worthy podcast. And if you type the word from instead of form, your spellchecker is not going to pick that up. It's a word that's spelled correctly, so it has no reason to flag it. But a copy editor will find those words that are used in the wrong context, and they will correct it for you. Do you use dialogue in your manuscript? and uh, put the ending quotation mark inside of the terminal punctuation, your spell checker may not find that. 
but your copy editor will correct the dialogue punctuation and make sure that you're formatting dialogue correctly throughout your manuscript. I can't tell you how inconsistent people can be sometimes where they'll put the period quotation mark or quotation period differently with each segment of dialogue. So your editor will help to correct all those things. And no matter who you use for the edit of your manuscript, that editor is likely to read through your manuscript at least twice before you review, um, well, before you review the manuscript that they've edited, and then again after they've cleared the queries with you uh, after they return the final manuscript. So, um, you know, there are going to be some editors who charge significantly less and do significantly less. Um, and then, obviously, there's a broad range for how high and low that can go. So you want to make sure that you have the opportunity to implement or have say on the queries from your editor and then have your editor confirm that all the changes have been made correctly. For example, when I'm working with a client, I typically review their edit edits with them in a query clearing session so that they understand all the questionable changes that need to be made and can address them appropriately. And then after clarifying the decisions that need to be made by the authors themselves, meaning that it's, it's not just a technical or grammatical or mechanical issue that's wrong or right, it's actually a decision that has to be made by the author, then I do a final cleanup to make sure that no new errors are introduced into the manuscript. So it's ideal to work with an editor who will provide the final cleanup of the manuscript after all those queries have been cleared. But, you know, for some services, it's just one and done. You have to decide what's sufficient for you. The editorial approach taken, though, can have a financial impact, but it's really not the place you want to scrimp in your book publishing process. I've told you this before on this podcast, the editing process is the most important step in the book manufacturing process after you've written a book. It is also likely the most investment heavy and time intensive process after the writing of the book. And it's not one to shortcut. It's not the time to scrimp and penny pinch. You need to give your editor time and space to do their best work on your behalf so that you can look your best when you publish your book. Because remember, as we've said on other episodes of this podcast, there are no take backs. Once your book is out there, your book is out there and somebody will see it in all its erroneous glory. So don't shortcut the editorial process as this is where you are going to gain the greatest strength as a writer. To test drive the edit process and gain clarity on the level of investment required to produce your publishable work, ask for a free sample edit. You can request one from my company, Halogen Inc. at tanyaloves.me forward slash sample. I'll put a link for that into the show notes. And 
if you want to be mindful of your ideal reader, your goals, and the benefit of your book, that'll help improve your manuscript evaluation process. Tap into the 7-Step Bebop eCourse at outlineyourbooks.com. Well, I hope today that you've gained some clarity about the evaluation versus the edit. You may not need the evaluation, but you will always need the edit. So feel free to reach out to me if you need further, further guidance on that. You can always email us at podcast at writesomethingworthy.com. And if you do so regarding this episode, uh, put eval versus edit in the subject line so we can be sure to see that it's regarding this particular episode. All right now. Ah, so thank you for joining with me on that. It is helpful to gain an understanding of the manuscript evaluation and the manuscript edit process, and I hope this helped. But now it is time again for our abundant author affirmation. Write it down if it resonates with you. Post it wherever you'll see it and say it throughout your day to keep your heart happy and your subconscious mind aware of it. Here we go. As an author, I will invest in myself because I am worthy. As an author, I will invest in myself because I am worthy. And with that, we are complete. Please drop a comment if you learned something new or gained a different perspective today. We love, love, love hearing from you. So thanks for listening and don't forget to refine your target with Bebop or confirm your content with an evaluation and always, always, always have your manuscript edited before you publish. This is essential when your goal is to write something worthy. Bye now. You've been listening to the Write Something Worthy podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or email us your feedback at podcast at writesomethingworthy.com and we'll catch you next Word Worthy Wednesday.